probably Wallingford this morning is meeting online and, um, and City Calvary Chapel. And as long as we can, uh, we want to meet together in person and, um, and offer hope. We, are, we do make some changes. Like, there's, uh, we're not going to do our bagels. We do bagels every week. Sorry about that. I know my parents are at home. Uh, I know that's a, that's a hit. <laughs> um, and uh, we, uh, we're going to do, a, instead of a, a kids' ministry, that's kind of going to be suspended for a while, and we're going to have uh, a kids' room in the back over here, like a, par- a parents' room, where the kids can sit over in there. Um, and then we're not going to do our, our family meal together, where we do communion once a month for now. So hopefully we'll be able to start those back up soon. But in the, what's that? Virtual. Virtual. <laughs> can you do that? Maybe you can. You know, um, I do want to pray. I, I, I just want to pray real quick. And, and I want to mark this service with prayer and seeking the Lord. You know, you hear so much of uh, the idea of, you know, facts, not fear. And I, I think that's actually wonderful. I think it's great. I think we need facts in the time of, uh, of uncertainty. But probably even more than that, we need faith. We need to have faith that, you know, faith, the Bible says, is the evidence of things unseen. And, you know, there's a mystery to, I mean, I think there's great science, but I think there's a mystery. You know, we can't see the coronavirus. It's around us. We don't know who carries it. We don't, you know, there's, there's a sense uh, to, to some degree that um, we can't tell. We can't see. And we need faith. We need faith that surpasses our own understanding. We need peace. We need in our own minds and our own hearts because they're, they can be so anxious. And I think we're going to see that in the scripture this morning. But I want to um, pray, and um, I just want to pray for those. We're going to actually have a little time of prayer here. I'm gonna, our message will be a little bit shorter in the scripture this morning, and I want to have a little time of prayer and, and some extended worship as well. Um, but I just want to pray for those people. Lord, I pray this morning as we look at your word and as we uh, gather, Lord, that you would speak to each one of our hearts and our minds, Lord. I, I want to... Um, Lord, the best way we know how to lean on you, Lord. Our wisdom fails us. Our wisdom is, is, is small compared to yours, Lord. And we don't know. We need faith. We need trust. We need hope in you, Lord Jesus. I pray for Calvary Wallingford this morning as uh, Mike and those guys do the online piece. And, um, and as their people are, many are at home and, and scattered about, Lord. And for City Calvary and for Calvary Monroe and... For all, all of the churches, Lord, for Bethany, for East Lake, for all, all these Seattle, all of all the, the church worldwide, Lord, but definitely our church uh, locally here as well, Lord, that even though believers are scattered, you are near to each one of us, Lord, at home, especially those who are sick, um, Lord, to those whose family members are in, uh, in a bad way, Lord. It is a dark hour. And yet, Lord, your light shines through, and even the darkness is light to us, like we sang. We, uh, we just pray for those, Lord, um, and ask for your mercy on their behalf. And for each one of us, Lord, that we could be beacons of hope and faith in a fallen and broken world, that you are doing a refining work, and we'd like to be a part of that in any way we can, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um,
you know, we're in our, in our normal scripture study, we're in uh, Mark, uh, we're in, we have just so happen to be in chapter 13, which is one of the most Jewish chapters uh, in the Bible, and, and some of it's hard to, to get, but I just wanted to take a look at the beginning section of that, because I think um, it speaks to, in some ways, right where we're at in this moment. Um, Mark, or Mark chapter 13, verse 1. As he came out of the temple, Jesus, that is, one of his disciples uh, said to him, to Jesus, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that would not be thrown down, that will not be thrown down. You know, um, There's a fulfillment of that uh, in about A.D. 70, where the, the whole temple was destroyed. But what I think is interesting here is that these guys were in awe of this amazing building that, that was built for the worship of God. They were in, they were, um, you know, how amazing this place is. Look at these stones. I've been there, and they, it is incredible. There's these gargantuan, gargantuan, that I don't even know how you would move today, much less in the ancient world, um, you know, 50 feet long. I mean, these hewn stones by hand. And wonderful buildings, these great things that God has built. And Jesus says to him, do you see these great buildings? Do you see these great things that man's built? This is going to be rubble. This is going to be just laid laid down. And I think it's an amazing thing. You know, we have right now great and wonderful and mighty industries and things that that are crumbling around us. There are so there's so many things in this world. I think I just think like of Boeing. I think of this amazing hundred plus year old company that's in our local area that's been hit hard by those cra- two crashes and that's been in trouble and now it's just tanking. And I think of all of the machinists and the engineers and the aerospace people and how incredible this giant juggernaut of a company is on its knees. And I think you know in so many ways, it's the exact same thing. Millennia to millennia, it doesn't change. We're, we are reliant on God, whether we know it or not. We're reliant on him keeping uh, the world spinning, keeping pandemics at bay, keeping our lives, keeping the very breath in our lungs. And it just, it amazes me because, uh, you know, the disciples, they hear this like, okay, you know, <laughs> This thing's going to be destroyed. This, this monument to, well, to God, really, but, but to the achievement as well of mankind. And so they walk from there. They walk out of the temple. They walk through the Kidron Valley and up to the Mount of Olives. In verse 3, they sat down on the Mount of Olives, opposite of the temple. So this beautiful view. I showed you guys that view last week uh, on, the, on, the, on PowerPoint. And Peter and James and John and Andrew ask him privately, Jesus Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign um, that these things are about to be accomplished? Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm he. They will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, 
kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be earthquakes in various places. There'll be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pangs, but be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils. You will be beaten in synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all the nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you're to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, the father is child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my namesake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. You know, from, from essentially time immemorial, we want to know. We want to know the day and the hour. We want to know when these things will be and what will be the sign when all these things um, are about to be accomplished. That's what we want. We want knowledge. We want to be prepared. We want to be ready. That's why we have everyone hoarding toilet paper and water. That's, it's the same thing. That's, it's, it's the exact same impulse in mankind that, that exists, that we want to know. And if we can't know, we want to be prepared in every possible scenario that we can. And I think that's what we find right now. We find a moment in our history, in, in our modern history, that um, we, like the disciples, want to know the signs and when these things are to be accomplished. And you know what's interesting to me? Jesus does not tell them. He doesn't. He doesn't give them, he doesn't say, in the 14th month of Artaxerxes and the month of Nisan, and the, he doesn't do that. He doesn't tell us. You know, there is facts and there's mystery. And, I, you know, people kind of gravitate towards one another, one or another. They either want, many people want either things to be mysterious and like, eh, we'll just see what happens someday out there somewhere. Or people want facts. They want everything. And I think a lot of us want facts. We want to know. We want to have the knowledge in our brain. But some people also, on the other end of it, want mystery. And I think, you know, God gives a lot of pieces here. And this isn't going to be an entire Bible study, but I do want to touch on a few important things, I think, that I, that I see that I hope are of help. Um, he doesn't give them dates or times. He just says, see let, that no one leads you astray. You know, people who say, hey, I have all the answers. Our church, our group, our people, we got all the answers. Don't listen to them. <laughs> Don't listen to them. I think that's false gospel to, to have all the answers, to have every answer for everything. That's wrong. I think Jesus says that. See, let, that no one leads you astray. Many come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many people astray. People who have all the answers often don't. They have some answers, and those answers don't account for a lot of things. Um, but he says, he gives a little warning. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, and man, you know, you think, I think, that seems like that's to come. Like, you know, you hear, oh, this isn't going well, that's not going well, you know, we're going into an economic meltdown. You hear of all sorts of things that go on, and things that, where people are, are regularly fighting. Don't be alarmed. Don't get into a state where we're just being constantly, you know, it's like, it's like me drinking coffee. I'm trying to cut back. But, you know, you drink coffee, and, it, and it, what it does in you is it heightens, it, it, it 
triggers the you know, fight or flight response. It, it, it amps up your uh, adrenaline. And if you just do that all the time, all the time, all the time, it just, you're constantly there. And I think what happens to us so, so much is just that same thing. We're taking artificial caffeine so much that our, we're constantly like, you know, what's going to happen? What's, what's, you know, and you're alarmed all the time. It's the same kind of thing. If that's what you take in more than anything else, if you take in alarmist news, alarmist stuff, that's what, where you find yourself. Um, this must take place. These things are going to happen. There, you know, I just want to really quick touch on, I, I think it's so often, we don't think of it in these terms, but, you know, in, in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what's planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh. It ends with a time for war and a time for peace. You know, that passage in Ecclesiastes, I think we all feel like there's a time for peace, but there's no time for war. And yet the scripture says there's a time for war. There's a time where things go wrong, and there's a place for that. Like, we, we, we think there's a time for good things. The time for bad things, eh, you know, let's, let's just not think about that or let's keep that at bay. Or No, there's a time. There's an appointed time. There's an appointed time that we die. And that's in the Lord's hands. It's not in our hands. You know, um, in the book of Job, and I'm, I'm going to these things that are, that are a little bit mysterious because there's a little bit of mystery in all of this. You know, uh, the story of Job where he, um, his whole life is getting destroyed. His, wife, or his kids are killed. His servants are killed. His all, just it, the whole thing seems to go to hell on, on, on his behalf. And um, he's got sores from head to foot. And in Job 2 verse 9, his wife says to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he, Job, says to her, "You speak as one of the foolish women, uh, as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and not receive evil? In all of this, God did not sin with his lips." Now, I I can't say that I pretend to understand that verse. I don't believe God intends us evil. But at the same time, he allows things and he appoints times that are, that are pestilence and war and famine. Difficult, hard things that are difficult to understand. And yet God is doing something in our time, in our day, that the hour is dark. The hour is at hand for us to trust him and to look to him. He says there's going to be earthquakes and famines, but those are the beginnings of the birth pains. I've been through uh, four children being born, four birth pangs. And you know what's interesting? At least in our case, every single one of those was different. They weren't all quite the same. You know, one, one of our sons, our second son, Coleman, came very quickly, within minutes, minutes, like, of, of getting to the hospital. And it came fast. And other ones took tens of hours to come. They're not all built the same. Jesus used this metaphor. These are the beginning of the birth pangs because you don't know how long that's going to come. But once it starts, it's guaranteed to finish. 
And I think there's something about that in it for us that he says the next very next verse, verse nine, be on your guard. Why? Because they're going to deliver you over to councils. You'll be beaten. You'll stand before governors and kings for my sake. You'll bear witness for them. The first, the gospel must be proclaimed to all nations. That our job, and I think this is our job in waking up, that in these kind of times, our job is to be people of light, people of hope, not people of fear, not people who would shy away from the very thing that we're built to do. This is our time. In so many ways, this is a, it is a time for us to do what's right, to do what God has called us to do, and to do what God has saved us to do. That the gospel must be proclaimed to all the nations. Um, and to be sure, he says, they'll bring you to trial, deliver you over. Don't be anxious about what to say. You know, that produces so much anxiety, not knowing what to say. I don't know what to say. My wisdom, you know, I talked to my neighbors and I talked to my friends and my family. I, I told my parents not to come to church this morning. You know how hard that is to do? I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to tell my parents to not come to church. At the same time, I want them to be safe and healthy and well. I, my wisdom fails me. My wisdom in my 48 years is uh, it's not perfect. It's very imperfect. It's very prone to failure. But Jesus's isn't. And I think here he gives you a, just a small peek. You know, um, don't be anxious beforehand about what you're to say, but whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit that we have in us. Those who believe, those who've received God's Spirit, you have indwelling in you God's Holy Spirit who knows what to do. That is that's unlike any other religious promise. That's unlike any other religious idea. We have living in us God's Holy Spirit at work to do His will. You have a conscience that God's given you, and more importantly, His Holy Spirit that He's given you to fill you, to bring you comfort and peace. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know what to say, when you don't know where to go, what to think about things, when you hear the news that's ever-changing, when you hear the Twitter and Facebook and media and all of it that, that, that does not have the mind of God. God, I believe, is sifting right now uh, this world. And there'll be things that will not survive. There'll be people who will not survive, tragically. There'll be businesses that will not survive. There'll be all sorts of things that will be changed and, you know, Scripture says um, there's a momentary light affliction that produces in us eternal weight of glory, an, an eternal weight of glory. And, you know, I don't ever want to diminish the fact that there are people that suffer. There are people that suffer greatly and horribly and tragically. And yet, in the light of an eternal kingdom at hand, it is temporary. It's temporary suffering for, for an eternal purpose and a weight of glory that is beyond compare. Um, you know, he goes on here, Jesus, and, you know, even family members. Brother will deliver brother to death. Father, child, child will rise against parents and have them put to death. You'll be hated all, by all for my name's sake. There is an enemy that is at foot and at hand that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. 
but the one who endures to the end will be saved. That we have faith in God alone that saves us, that loves us, that cares for us and for this world around us, that we are a part of a kingdom that lasts forever. I, I feel it tragic and I don't understand how that works, that even family members would turn against one another. And yet there is an endurance for each one. There is a road and a race to run for each one of us. And that road and race ends in eternity. And it ends with us, uh, I pray, trusting and looking to him. I need him. I, I don't just need wisdom, which I do. I don't just need health, which I do. I don't just need material well-being, which I do. I need him. And you need him. We need him together. We need to look to uh, the Lord of glory for his goodness. And, and the rest of it starts to fade. You see, just this, this week, things changed so, so quickly. A week ago, things are in a different place. A week can change a lot. A day can change a lot. An hour can change a lot. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised all sorts of things that men and women and children will tell you that you need. There's a lot that just starts to fade pretty quick. What we do need is him, is Jesus Christ filling us, giving us hope, giving us peace, giving us his presence. The rest, I don't know. I, 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 I am not here to promise you that this is a good and easy life. I don't know. I don't know where this world takes us right now. What I do know is he's good. He loves you. He takes care of you now and into eternity. That's what I know. And that's what I proclaim. And though uh, the worship band can come up, though the hour is dark, uh, his light is shining near. He is closer to us than any brother, than any family member than anyone else around. You know, in this time, we uh, feel as though we suffer loss, and we do. But in that, there is a great hope in him that his love can fill your heart and fill your mind and give you hope and give you peace when you can't understand, when you and I, like the disciples, want to know. We want to know when these things will be and what will be the sign. The sign is him. The sign is him. He's our hope. He's our peace. Let's uh, just, I think, just play a little bit. And uh, I want to pray for at least a few minutes. You can pray out loud if you'd like. Um, and... Um, or to yourself, <laughs> to God. Let's just pray for a moment.
pray for each one here and afar, Lord, that you would fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit, with your presence, with your love, with your grace, Lord, that it would be a testimony to the world around us of your goodness and your reality, your nearness to us, Lord. We love you, and we just want to um, give ourselves to you, Lord Jesus.